there's a lot of people who think they're experts at something, but it's just that they know all the names for things. <laughs> and they may not actually understand much more beyond that. Episode 85, April 2015. In this episode, type designer Marcus Hamilton talks about typomania, form and perception, sound fonts, names versus nature, and type anatomy. This episode is sponsored by the Treplin Design Company and Fieldbots. What is it that can make people so addicted with typefaces? Yeah, I'm not quite sure what it is about fonts that people get so kind of obsessed about. I mean, I guess I do, and you know, but I'm not sure if I can explain it. I think there's something something about fonts that, you know, compared to like say illustration or paintings or other visual language where it's form but there's no content really. I mean, when you until you make it into words. So you, you can look at the individual letters and it's pure form. There's no narrative, there's no content really. I mean, there might be some visual ideas like sometimes, you know, literally like if you have uh, letters that look like they have, they're made out of logs or something like that. But even that is still pretty abstract. So they're kind of like pure abstract forms and yet they have meaning, but each letter by itself has no meaning until you assemble them into words. And so it's like this thing, it's really a carrier of information that's not directly related to the shapes themselves, at least in, in terms of the style of the shapes. I mean, the, obviously the letters have to have certain shapes to be read, you know, but the particular shape of like, say, a Times Roman lowercase a or something like that has very little to do with reading in terms of the content other than being recognizable as a, an a. So I think there's this fascination with this kind of abstract shapes that create meaning through, through their arrangement. You know, it's a little bit, I think, like, um, I, I think typefaces are a little bit like musical instruments where, you know, you have the tune and the rhythm and things like that, but then, and that's, none of that has to do with the musical instrument itself, uh, the way it sounds, but the musical instrument is essential in order to have those other things that you wouldn't have a, a melody or a rhythm without the musical instrument but the musical instrument itself is just this thing that produces a, a something that's fairly abstract i mean it's kind of funny because uh i know back in the 80s or 90s for musical software you could get things called sound fonts and they were basically just you know the sound of a piano or the sound of a flute or whatever they called them sound fonts which is perfect a perfect analogy so you can use the same if you have a melody you can interchange the musical instruments and it's still the same still the same melody uh, same way as if you have uh, some text and you change the font the text doesn't change it just looks different I think it's mostly like with typefaces it's a very it's kind of a, it's sort of an industrial design thing it's a it's a meant to be a functional thing it has to be able to be read but within that domain there's a lot of room for variation uh, I guess it's a uh easier to kind of appreciate typefaces in that way once you have spent so so much time looking at the details. And I think it's also, and at least for me personally, when I was a kid, I, was, I would get very focused on little details of things. And so I think that's part of what appeals to me about type too. It's like, it's not really meant to be seen. It's meant as just a, like a carrier of something else. And, you know, it's like Beatrice Ward, her quote about the the uh, crystal goblet and that uh, the ideal typeface should be like a crystal goblet where 
the only thing you focus on is the wine in the goblet. You don't see the goblet. It's just a carrier for another thing. And I think that's true generally, but I think, you know, crystal goblets can be well-designed or poorly designed. <laughs> so, you know, I think, that, I think the design of the typeface does have some influence on the content, but it's very, um, it's, it's kind of invisible. Okay, everybody, my name is Aaron James Draplin. Just got done telling you about my whole life, uh, the good, the bad, the gross, the ugly, the weird, the sinister, the awesome. And now you need to go to draplin.com and buy some killer merch, draplin.com backslash merch, and things that you need, right? Okay, you need to go there and look at this stuff. And then when you're done with that, you need to go to fieldnotesbrand.com and get some memo books. We'll ship them anywhere. If you're listening to this in Vienna, Austria, or Vienna... Illinois, hell, wherever that is, we will we'll ship them there too. Okay, fieldnotesbrand.com. You need these things. Nine ninety five for a three pack. Would you pay for coffee today? Right, right, right. You need this stuff. So draplin.com, fieldnotesbrand.com, and uh, yeah, those are the, those are the only two links you need in your life. There you go. And do you think the more invisible, the better? Uh, not necessarily. Definitely for, for immersive reading, like for a book or something like that, you don't want a typeface that calls attention to itself. Uh, in general, I don't think you want a typeface that calls attention to itself. But at the same time, I think a typeface, even one that doesn't call attention to itself, can have a subtle effect on on the perception of the work. You know, just as how poorly or well a type is set for a book. You know, like if you have poor typography, if you like don't have enough letting or have too much letting or poor spacing between the words or too much, you know, or, or good spacing, that can have effect, an effect on the perception of the work. You know, it's, it's very subtle. The other thing I'd like to, analogy I'd like to use for type is kind of like narrators, like somebody who's reading a book to you. Some people are better that, at that than others. And a good typeface should be like somebody who's very good at reading a book to you, you know, like a spoken word book. You know, and if the narrator calls too much attention to themselves, then that's a bad narrator. You know, what you want is a typeface that gets the job done and doesn't get in the way, but also lends some sort of subtle extra thing to the work that sort of elevates it somehow. A subtle voice you want to follow? Yeah, something that, you know, like you want a font that gives a, you know, credible professional effect not something that uh well of course it depends on what your goal is but i mean usually you want want that it's possible that maybe you, you want the opposite maybe you want something that is uh you know conveys naivete or something like that so there are those uh, those posters right with the type anatomy and stuff sure and being a type designer yourself would you know all those details yourself or is this just like um, a nice poster for show, but it's not super important in practice. I think it's it's helpful in order to, if you're uh, working with somebody else and have to have a common tech, uh, terminology uh, so that you talk, make sure you're talking about the same thing when you're describing things. But they're fairly arbitrary. I don't know. It's um, I remember a um, physicist Richard Feynman w was talking about how when he was a kid, he never cared about learning the names of things that his dad told him that the names aren't important and that the important thing is to understand uh, the the nature of things not the names of things you know like there's a lot of people who think they're experts at something but it's just that they know all the names for things <laughs> and they may not actually understand much more beyond that and that that's not real knowledge 
that's just sort of superficial, I guess. So I think it's good to know those names for the parts of, you know, the anatomy of type and stuff like that. But it's really just a means to an end. You know, it's, it's useful if you're working with other people and have to uh, discuss the way something looks, like, a, like say you're collaborating with another type designer or something like that. But beyond that, I think it's not all that important as long as you can see the things and understand, you know, what they look like and it doesn't really matter what you call them. Mm-hmm.